Hi and welcome to this edition of the Two Dogs Podcast with thanks to the Past Players and Officials Association of the Western Bulldogs. My name's Kevin Hillier and got a couple of beauties for you today uh, telling uh, stories tall and uh, and even taller about their days at, uh, at the Witten Oval. I'm talking about uh, a man who came from the West and a man who came from the Western suburbs. Funnily enough, one of them made his uh, football debut in the AFL playing for Collingwood against the Western Bulldogs and the other one made his debut for the Bulldogs against Collingwood. I'm talking about Todd Curley, who was with us uh, from the West from 96 to 2001 after a little uh, two-season sojourn at Collingwood, and uh, Scotty West, who of course came from the Western Suburbs, just, as you'll find out, 324 games, seven best and fairest. He did it all at the Bulldogs, including producing uh, Riley West, who, of course, is running around for us these days. But how they came together and how they came to know about each other is uh, quite interesting because there was a third party involved. Uh, let's get to that story and many more as you enjoy the Two Dogs podcast. Got his older brother, Troy, come and played at West Perth, maybe 92 or three, maybe both years. I can't remember exactly. So I played... Woody in the waffle with with Troy, um, but I hadn't been to Melbourne, so really hadn't had anything to do with Scotty until uh, until I landed, and then I actually I lived with Troy for the first couple of years I was there, so I was lucky enough to um, get inducted into the Thursday night dinner crew at the West. That was a big bonus of moving to Melbourne. It's fairly uh, illustrious company, the, uh, the the Thursday night dinner group. Yeah, some of the other boys I don't think at the club are that happy because I, I think they consider that I probably jumped the uh, the waiting line that had been there. But uh, <laughs> having living with living with uh, with a sibling certainly helps. Your first AFL game was against the doggies, wasn't it? It was Alan Joyce's first game, I believe, at uh, at the G. Pretty ordinary day. Played on Danny Southern, who I or Daniel Southern, who I um, who obviously knew from Perth. So I think uh, I think the prize won. Yeah, it was a, it was a Collingwood win. I remember that. Your first <laughs> game, Scott. If we go back and remember, your first game was uh, the start of the '93 season against against Collingwood. Yes, '93 uh, round one. So I've been at the club for four, uh, since 1990, and obviously back then the, the way of getting through the system was through the under 19s which is an amazing program, much better than what they've got now structurally. Yeah. I think uh, in Perth they've still got the Colts reserves and seniors. I'm sure Todd can also agree that that's probably the best way to go. But yeah, 93 round one at Collingwood, at, uh, yeah, against Collingwood at the MCG. And when you really arrived, I guess was around was around four when you played Essendon and kicked six. Uh, round five, yeah, pretty ordinary windy day, which uh, was pretty traditional. I was lucky enough to kick six against obviously the team that I bowed for growing up. And the team that you're what a uh, virtually a, a backyard away from being zoned to. Yeah, uh, Ricky Lorenzo lived behind me, literally behind me in Keela, uh, our fence line. We shared a fence line, and he was uh, he was in the Essendon zone. I was in the Bulldog zone, and uh, we obviously he actually was a mad Bulldog supporter growing up, and I was Essendon. So yeah, we we're both sort of if you want to say from our childhood. Um, Heroes on the wrong side of the fence. Exactly. Hey, Tom, what happened in Collingwood, mate? Did it, did, did, was the fit just not good or what, what was the scenario there? Because you, you were drafted and then took a while to come over and then when you came over, it sort of like it didn't pan out for you. Yeah, drafted at the end of 91, but I was probably only 18 and about 70 kilo, I reckon, at that stage. In those days, the list was still you know pretty high, 50, 50 plus. So I sort of had the fair idea that I wasn't coming anyway the first year. And stayed at home and and played and then yeah there was a little bit of talk around if I if I didn't go would I end up at a club here so still didn't wasn't that keen on coming over um, so I stayed again and then yeah they said oh that's fine you can stay again and we'll see you at the end of next year so ninety three we we sort of pretty much I think we went from bottom to top here Troy was in the team Troy was was here we played in the grand final lost the grand final 
I had a pretty good year playing sort of forward, so I made the trip across and made it to Burl about round three. Yeah, played a couple of games mid-year, did a ham, did my hammy in Brisbane and then missed sort of three and come back, played a couple in the season. Yeah, that was it. They missed the finals and, yeah, Lee, decided, Lee Matthews at the time said, you know, decided that, you know, they, they were going to go in a different direction. So oh, I came back to Perth. I was only back probably 10 months. I think he played in a, you know, played in a premiership and had a really good year and got another chance at the Bulldogs. Yeah, it all happened pretty quick. And probably the, the initial year at, at Collingwood, you know, I was probably a bit overawed and happy to be there. You know, war number 33. So I had Mickey McGuan one side, you know, Brad Rowe the other side, but Dakes was sort of next to me for most of the summer as well. So yeah. I was probably just assumed that it would happen, but it didn't. Yeah. Up till that point, pretty much everything had gone to plan in, in terms of footy for me. And, and then I was out and probably the year out watching guys that I'd probably played with or against that was were playing in the AFL and, you know, I wasn't probably sealed me up a bit. So I certainly was a, a bit more keen and a bit more invested the second time around. Were you confident when you went back to Perth that you'd come back to Melbourne or did you think maybe you were, you were going back to Perth to stay? Uh, to be honest, I think probably the, one of the things that helped me was not worrying about AFL footy. I went back to a footy club where I had a lot of schoolmates. You know, my dad played there uh, in a premiership and, and my younger brother was there. You know, it was a, a place that I felt really comfortable. So I just wanted to, you know, dig in and, and probably have the great best year I could there. They hadn't won a premiership for 20 years. So there was a lot of things going on, go back into work. And I really just focused on, on the waffle and we're just sort of desperate to, to break that 20-year hoodoo, I guess. And then, you know, if you if you play good footy, the rest will take care of itself. So it wasn't a, a huge desperation focus. It was just, you know, frustration, I guess, that opportunity lost, but then probably a narrow focus just to, to focus on what I could control and that was here and if I got another chance um, that was great if I didn't you know there was there was not much I could do about it You came back and made your debut for the doggy back uh, in 96 96 was a shocking year Westy for, if you remember it well Yeah I do remember it it was a shocking year for us but remember they did the year of the dog and they couldn't have either we're going to win a flag or what happened happened yeah. which was a disaster so they got a really good video out of it you learn a lot in those sort of down periods and, you know, obviously it, it steeled us up for success uh, or some success for years to come. Well, you talk about degrees of success, I suppose. 97, 98. What's your memories of, uh, of those two years, Todd? Um, uh, oh, you go, Scotty. Hey, great years, you know. We, we, we uh, probably never trained harder. I think from a, from a pre-season point of view, it was quite possibly the, the hardest pre-seasons we've, we've ever done in both years. It seemed like there were, there were two years, but it seems like they were – it just sort of all blended into one um, to try and get that success. I truly believe we're a really close group. Uh, I know we had our Thursday night crew that, that, that dined every Thursday night, but the whole group, and it was a, a unique group where there was different characters and different personalities, but we all seemed to blend well. And, you know, and, and Terry Wallace did, did that. You know, he was able to get us to play as a, as a team really well and really narrow in on probably individual skills within the team to make it a really, to make it a really good team performance. And, Obviously, in you know, 97, we fell short. And um, I think, you know, Todd, myself and Brad Weir, I think, uh, all watched that game together. And I know I shed a tear after the game thinking what could have been. And uh, obviously, that, again, steeled us up for probably well, was another good year in 98. So, well, unfortunately, didn't uh, get to the big dance. But we certainly uh, we certainly had some some success. Todd? Yeah. Um, oh, look, similar. I think the, the pre-season were was super tough. Plough sort of brought in, we're all in little mini teams, so everything that we sort of did over the whole summer was in was in the mini teams and playing for points and, you know, there was a winner at the end of the summer, so every sort of part of training that we did were all, whenever there, there was sort of match play or handball games or anything that was comp, 
had any sort of competition, you're within your sort of little mini teams. And I think it really drove our competitiveness. You know, we were desperate to win everything because there was always sort of little points on offer. And I think that gave us that focus of being desperate, desperate to win, which probably, you know, you saw in, in those teams of 97, 98 and even 99, to be honest. And yeah, we were ultra competitive. I think Cloud did a great job of probably putting guys in positions which made the most of their strength and, you know, probably put, you know, areas that they weren't as good, probably yeah, they able to hide them a bit. I think we, we played to our strengths and yeah, well, look, we were desperately unlucky, I guess, in, in, um, in 97. You know, we were a pretty good scoring team and, you know, didn't kick a goal in the last quarter and a half of the prelim. And then, yeah, as Westy said, we watched the grand final at, uh, at Troy's place actually with, with, with Brad Weir and just the three of us. And it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a strange day. 98 was a really great year and then had a really poor prelim. And then, you know, 99 even is probably almost the toughest one. I think we're the best team scoring-wise, best team defensively over the whole year and, and came up against West Coast in a, in a blustery night. I think with a 66 inside 50, it just kicked the ball terribly and, and lost by a kick. And, you know, that sent us to Brisbane. So, you know, but there's always those those stories in footy. Um, but, yeah, it's good. Scotty said, you know, I think we were, we were a pretty different group, but we were pretty close. Did a lot of things. We had a lot of guys probably in that age bracket of, you know, 22 to 26 that had, you know, played a lot of the footy together in those three years. So, yeah, we, we had a little bit of success, but, you know, the, the thing that probably turns not only not winning one is by not winning one, you don't get the excuse to catch up, you know, every 10 years or whatever for your reunion. So that would be great because, yeah, we had some great times together. Yeah, which one hurts more, Scott? Because uh, lots of players say different things about the '97 or the '98. Which one? Which one kind of galls you the most when you look back on it? Oh, look, I think '97 because we we were pretty uh, much in control of the game at three quarter time. As I said, you know, we're, we're a very good scoring team, and we certainly missed some pretty easy opportunities in that last quarter. To probably, you know, they kicked a couple, uh, and we probably had. The next two or three opportunities to, to score goals, just to get some get some balance in the game, and you know, just get the game back on our terms. But we didn't make take those opportunities, and they went back the other end. And Jarman obviously had an outstanding last quarter um, in that game. But yeah, look, '98. I remember we were pretty injury ravaged going to that '98 prelim. I think uh, Rowan Smith played a second half back on was it Robin? Yeah. That was probably the story of the day. You know, he was undersized by. Not that he manned up too much, but um, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, was undersized. That was pretty much the, the story of our, of our game uh, in that 98 prelim. And, and we got beaten fairly fairly bad. I think Todd uh, touched on a really good point. 99 was probably the year that we'd let slip and not a lot of people talk about. You know, I think we were the best team in the comp that year. Um, we come up against a West Coast team in Melbourne at the MCG. So... Everyone would have thought, you know, we would have just continued on with the role that we had in 99. But as Todd said, we didn't take the opportunity. It's a really blustery. I remember it was a really humid night as well. It was about 23 or 24 degrees, which was unusual at that time of year, especially at night at the MCG, blustery. And obviously then we had to go to Perth. Uh, sorry, then we had to go to Brisbane, who were a very, very good football team as well. So we went out straight sets. And again, not a lot of people talk about it because we didn't get into the prelim and further into the finals. But... Certainly, ninety nine was a, an absolute missed opportunity as well. Yeah, that was sort of the end of our group, if you like. You know what I mean? The end of that year, the sort of club made decisions that you know that group wasn't good enough to take us to where we wanted to go. You know, Leon left. I think Brett Montgomery, Steve Powell, Huey. I think there was there was quite a big turnover at, at the end of that year. 
and you know that, that I think that took a while for the for the group to recover from as well. Obviously, the club needed to make changes, but a lot of those guys were the ones that did absolutely everything right. You know, did prepared really well, loved it, were, were fully invested, and then you know the, 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 the team probably struggled from there. I think was good bunch off the ground. I mean, did you did you enjoy each other's company off the ground, or was it uh, what was the scenario there, Westy? Yeah, no, absolutely. We especially in those days where, and, and I think success breeds that. And it probably, I use that word success, and a lot of people will say, oh, you didn't really have any success. But we did, and unfortunately our game is judged on the ultimate success. If you're a successful club, you win the premiership. No, that's not necessarily totally correct. But, yeah, we were, we were really close off field. Whether you like it or not, every workplace, there's going to be guys that get along better than they do with others and have personality clashes. You know, we had Divertina, Libertura, Romero. You know, <laughs> they all yeah. hung out. You know, I know I was close with the guys that we, we had over on Thursday night, but it wasn't a segregation of group. That was just the way it was. You know, the Thursday night group was a group of guys that were living bachelor, you know, in, in a sort of bachelor situation with Leon and Darcy together, Todd lived with Troy, Brad Weir lived by himself. You know, so it was a situation. Like really, a, lot of inter- think, a lot of interstate boys in it. Yeah, a lot of interstate guys. That, you know, if, they, if, if we could give them one good meal, you know, a really decent meal for later in the week, it, and that was stood well for the weekend and energy levels and all that sort of stuff. But we had a really good bond. That success that we were having sort of um, enthused everyone to to want to get better and, and want to challenge each other. That I, I want to mention the the um, the contact with the umpire thing. Uh, how, how do you how do you look back on that now? I was probably just the wrong guy at the wrong time. There'd been a there'd been a bit of press. There'd been a few umpires that had been cleaned up in probably the I've noticed six or eight weeks leading up to that for whatever reason. You know, I was the one. I think um, Plough actually challenged the uh, the AFL or the umps after the game because they played a free kick against me for it, and it was pretty costly in the game. And he sort of said, "Well, you know, if you think it's intentional, well, it should be should probably be a report. You know, that's I, I don't think it's intentional." And then, yeah, sort of the next morning, it bubbled up and sort of started off off video, I guess, after the game. Yeah. So got four weeks. I remember driving home, sort of laughing about it, to be honest. Just you know, the disbelief in it because you know I'd run from one end of the, I'd run up board, got all the way back, and then run across the middle. And you know, we'd been told that the the umpires would never be in the corridor; they'd always be sure on the outside. And he stepped back into me, and you know, that's history. So I got four appeals, went back to two. But you know, whether it affected me or not, maybe who knows? Probably was disillusioned a bit at the time. Didn't play great footy, played a bit better towards the end of the year and then unfortunately we hadn't had a great year again and I probably come out of the out of contract at the wrong time and you know, there's some other blokes that were still contracted that, that hung around because of that. But, you know, I probably could have played another year or or two, but you know, I trained on for a couple of probably a month or so after because there was a possibility of getting redrafted. But, you know, I did a running session at Newport one day and I remember getting in the car driving home just thinking, no, oh, no, I don't have it in me anymore. I don't have the drive to get this done. Yeah, pulled the pin and come back to Perth and got the chance to play with my brother. Played another four years here. Played in another couple of grand finals. Played in another premiership. So, yeah, that's footy. The thing for me, I guess, is I spent sort of 23 to 28, six fantastic years at the Dogs and you make so many close friends in that time. And yeah. We don't get to catch up as often as, as we'd like, but you know, certainly every time I come to Melbourne or, or we catch up, you know, it's you know, I've got I've played in premierships at a lower level, and I know the bonds that I've got with those guys, and you know, the bonds that I've got with the boys that I played footy with um, at the Dogs, you know, are, are no different. There's certainly you walk in and you know you just go back into the same old routine of you know the same gags, and you feel really comfortable, um, you know, whether it's been five minutes, five years. Yeah. 
Westy, that uh, I mean, you, when you play 324 games, you play with a lot of blokes in a 324 game career. Um, <laughs> must be hard to remember all the blokes you played with. Yeah, it is. I think at the start of your career, you know, you're just one of the young pups, so you just bright eyed, eyes open, mouth open, and ears open, um, and so you don't say too much. Mm. And then probably towards the end of your career, it's sort of at the other end of the spectrum where there's probably less of you at that age group. So you know, the Smiths, the Johnsons. You know, uh, we were all at sort of that, you know, Darce was there and Granny, we were all at that older age group where socially we probably had lost touch on how the younger guys operated. So that middle period of your career is a really probably the, the period of my career where I've, I've got a, a lot of memories of, of, you know, a great interaction with teammates and uh, especially you know, socially and obviously great memories on the field. Uh, that's not to say I've got great memories with guys either side of that era. What year was it that you're on the footy show wearing the Collingwood jumper? Not quite sure, but it didn't go down overly well. Uh, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> think? No surprise. A, no surprise. They didn't, they didn't have a bulldog jumper, I think. Um, that was certainly a club that uh, I certainly nearly went to through my time at the Bulldogs. I was very, very close to going there, I think, in 2000, 2001. And, you know, you think back and, you know, Todd's spoken about his premierships with, with West Perth and it's something we, we never achieved with the Bulldogs. And you sort of think to yourself, well, you know, what if? When a lot of your mates go, you know, Todd had gone, Brad had gone, Leon gone, Powley gone, Brett Montgomery gone, you know, uh, the Scotty Wine had retired, who was certainly probably one of the biggest influences on my career as a leader, as a ruckman. Um, and you sort of start to think, well, you look around the locker room and uh, all your mates are going, and then you sort of start to think, well, maybe it's uh, time to start a new chapter. But uh, fortunately for me, I stayed around and, and was a one-club player. Yeah. Todd, you went back to Perth. You mentioned you played for a few years and then you got into coaching. Was coaching a natural fit for you? Did you Have you enjoyed that? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I must admit, playing-wise, I never probably – I didn't think about it. Maybe towards the end I did when I first came, obviously got back to West Perth. Yeah, I had a little bit to do with, with the coaching side and then I went back to uni to complete my degree and, and sort of work part-time at the footy club in 2003 when we, when we won it. So, you know, the back half of the year, I – Certainly working pretty closely with the coach and doing op- opposition and all that sort of stuff. And it was something that, you know, I was never the most talented or, you know, quick or fit player, I, I, but I was, I was pretty smart. So, you know, I had to work my way through things. You know, certainly playing outdoors at Optus certainly suited me more than when we went under, underneath the, the roof. So mm-hmm. I had to work my way through a few, fair few things. So I think I think that helped me probably relate to, to players and young guys. So... Um, but yeah, Darren Harrison coach at the time. Um, I went overseas, came back, sort of finished at 05, went overseas for four weeks, came back, and then he rang me two days later and said he was going to West Coast. You should think about coaching. And yeah, four weeks later, I was coaching the guys that I just finished playing with, including my brother, and coached, coached West Perth for three years, lost a prelim at the, in the last year, and then yeah, went to Frio as an assistant, um, for three and a half years. And then yeah, I, Two young kids at the time, Talia was sort of three, Aiden was one, and spending too much time sitting around waiting for a plane or a bus or in a hotel when we were in a state. So I got out and was out of footy for maybe a year and a half and then helped out Brad Weirer and Jason Norris, who were coaching at a private school here, Hale, pretty low-key, and then Paul and my wife, who I love very much, said, look, I think you need to get back out and back involved in footy. You're, you're more happy. You're a better person, and you're, <laughs> get out you're of the house. Yeah, go, go back and get involved. So yeah, been at uh, been at South Fremantle oh, maybe six years. The first year we missed finals here in the prelim this Sunday. Been in the last five, I think. Lost the grand final last year, so we're keen to win one. Yeah. 
Wester, you got into coaching, started through through the Melbourne Footy Club. Um, was it something you desperately wanted to do, or was it just something you kind of how did that how did that work for you? No, I desperately wanted to coach. Yeah, I certainly had ambitions. Yeah, in the last couple of years at the Dogs, uh, I certainly I got into some development coaching within the group uh, of our first three year players with Brad Gotch. So I certainly was wanting to go down that path. There's no doubt I, I wanted to be an AFL senior coach. I've got no qualms in saying that. I think what happened at the end is uh, in 2008, uh, I obviously had the injury, uh, the knee injury, which I didn't play a lot of the year. Uh, I think I only played three senior games. I was under the impression I'd probably go on in 2009. There was no indica- no one had said anything prior to. Any, any end of season meeting that I wouldn't and then found out in the uh, review meeting at the end of the year that they weren't going to go with me in 2009. So that, that was a really real shock to the system in a, in a lot of ways and the fact that I thought I was, I'd be playing in 2009. Uh, it was, they made the prelim that year so it was grand final Tuesday uh, or the week of grand final week Tuesday and I guess if I had have known, I, I look at the sort of Adam Simpsons of the world and a few other players that or a few other guys that are coaching now that went down that path. They really got, they really prepared themselves in their last year of, of playing to go into coaching through either the media or through the, the coaches association. And I certainly didn't get that opportunity to, to sort of to, to do that. Um, and a lot of the coaching assistant coaching roles, you know, when I actually found out I wasn't going on in 2009, were, were taken because it was so late after the season. Uh, there's only two other clubs that were playing, and that was the grand finalists. So. Yeah. I sort of was a little bit underprepared. Uh, I went to Melbourne in a part-time role in 2009 and then coached there 2010 and 11 full-time. Uh, and it was, to be honest, an absolute disaster um, yeah. to get involved with an administration that was so selfish, so self-centred and certainly didn't have the interest of the coaches or the playing group in mind. It was a business to them and they were going to step on anyone's toes that got in the way. They wanted off-field business to be more successful on-field, and uh, I felt really sorry for Dean Bailey at the time. The administration at the time, uh, if they're ever working in football again, they shouldn't be yeah. uh, because they destroyed it. I feel sorry for Melbourne supporters. Uh, that administration at the time put that football club back 10 years, and they've been, they've been starved of finals football. And I certainly believe we had a group. We had as many number one draft picks as you wanted in that, in that period of time. And they didn't spend any money on the football department to develop that. And that's what you've got to do if you want to be successful. And a lot of those top draft picks are now not playing. Uh, we saw Jack Watts retire yesterday. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that they all went to Melbourne at that period because they had an administration that weren't interested in their football career. So uh, whether that's cruel, but that's reality. But yeah, then I went to Werribee for two years. As you know, Kev, you were, you were there um, with me. Yep. I had a great time at Werribee. We made two prelims. Unfortunately, we lost both of them again to get back in the AFL system. And unfortunately, the advice I got to go to Werribee was, and coaching your own team is a great experience. Gives it a holistic look out, outlook on what coaching is all about. You're managing a lot of people. You're managing lists, managing fitness staff, medical staff. And it was a great education for me and something I'm, I'm really grateful to dig, something I'm grateful for the Werribee Football Club. Uh, then a lot of clubs that I spoke to at the end of 2013 said that, I'd been out of the system for too long. So yeah, it was sort of like, how long is too long and how long is not long enough? What, what sort of pathway is the right pathway? And I think that's where coaching uh, has to get a lot better. What is the right pathway? And I feel for guys like Tom. Uh, in Melbourne, his name's probably not recognisable as it is in Perth. And guys like Tom should be getting a look in at senior level because he's done and got the experience. Not these guys that just go and do a course or experience being an assistant coach for 10 years and that, that, that qualifies them. 
Todd's done the hard yards. His coaches own club. He's had success. And he should be looked at as an AFL senior coach in, in my mind because yeah. he's got the experience. Is it something that interests you, Todd? Um, it depends. It's, it's, at the time when the kids were little, family was first. So the idea of coaching your own team is, you know, as, as Wesley says, you sort of manage everything and you set the program. So you can set it up to suit you. Apart, all our players are part-time. Coaches are part-time. We, you know, we have to work as well. So there's that flexibility. If the opportunity came up, um, you certainly look at it. The kids are older now, but you know, I'm more than happy doing what I'm what I'm doing now. Yeah, Westy, how nerve wracking uh, was it for you to watch Riley make his debut? No, I wasn't nervous really at all. Like, like <laughs> it sounds silly, but I've watched his whole football uh, journey, you know, from a junior to, to senior footy, and um, yeah, look, I wasn't nervous at all because I knew I knew he was very capable. You know, you don't get drafted if you're not capable. You know, since he's been at the Bulldogs, obviously I've stepped right back from directing him in. You know, certainly. Aspects of football from a technical point of view that I, I can still help him with, but from you know what they're trying to achieve, you know day in day out at an AFL level, I certainly certainly don't um, get involved in, in that. But yeah, look, I, I was really confident that he he had all the attributes to play, and obviously they they thought he was ready to play. <laughs> I was, it's probably the only thing is I thought he was probably ready earlier to play. He yeah. played some really good AFL footy, and I started to probably get a bit frustrated in the fact that uh, they weren't giving him an opportunity to play and on his on his merits. But, I guess there was a fair bit of pressure on him when he did come into the senior team, and whether he liked it or not, whether I liked it or not. You know, being a father son, even during his his time as a junior, was at times difficult. Certainly, opposition parents, which just bemuses me at junior football, thought they had a right to sledge him because he was my son. And you know, um, uh. certainly coming to the AFL system, there was always going to be comparisons. But obviously, he's um, and, and there still will be. And that's that's something that he's learned to deal with and something that he's probably taken on board better than some. So, yeah, I wasn't nervous at all. But, you know, you just get proud, you're proud of them and, and hopefully they don't get injured. Hey, uh, what, what's, your, what's your lasting memory of uh, the Witten Oval, Todd? Scorching summers, I suppose, as, as we spoke about before. You know, those pre-seasons we did there, 97, sort of 98, you know, we'd be a couple of groups training. You start at um, 6 or at 8, you know, train after a couple of hours and then, it was sort of that real initial period of players going full time. So then you, you know, you go away after lunch, or whatever, come back and run again in the afternoon or wait. So, oh, but I love getting back there. You know, my kids are mad Bulldogs fans, and you know, I was lucky enough to get across to the granny in 2016. We're in Hunky Mile, which is two hours by plane for a family holiday north. So I jumped on a plane, got up to Canada, back to Perth, and then across straight to the game virtually, and then back the next day and back on the beach. So yeah, look, it's a, had a really special time in my life and something I look back on certainly has helped shape, you know, the person I've become. So, you know, the friends and people you meet along the way, you know, we're a close group and, you know, they don't even include the coaches at that time, you know, Blau and Dave Noble and, you know, Choco Royal and Phil Mayle and all those guys, you know, they were just as close with us as, as some of the players for, for the most part and I think it was a, yeah, it was a lucky time to be involved with. You know, we didn't have the ultimate success but, you know, we certainly had a bit of success and, and made some, you know, lifelong friends. Westy, is it is it difficult for you to kind of look back because you're still in in there, if you know what I mean? No, it's not. I'm not. Um, I'm not involved. Not sort of involved at all, and haven't since I left. So yeah, it's easy to to look back because you know I guess it's a lot different being you know hands on involved and on a day to day level than it is watching from the other side of the fence. My lasting memory, you know, I remember Bones McGee, um, one of our assistant coaches, when I was there in the very early days. The drill wasn't that technical. He'd do a talkie about 70 metres down the Doug Hawkins wing and 
one-on-one, you had to go and get it and bring it back to him. And then you do it all <laughs> over again. And I think the reflection of our last game is really uh, probably my lasting memory of what the Whitnoble was. And that's why it was so unique in the fact that it was fairly cold most of the time, uh, especially during the footy, obviously during the footy season. Uh, there was a breeze most of the time. And the Doug Hawkins wing was about three inches under mud most of the time. So <laughs> the last game against West Coast that we played, they, they were the conditions and, I think they recorded about 50,000 people at that last game and, and I'll never forget it because, you know, so we, we won that game. It was the last game of the Witten Oval and a lot of great memories, a lot of great up, a lot of up and downs. Uh, and a lot of people say when you start in the AFL, you have a lot more downs than you, you have up. And I can certainly, um, you know, from our, from our journey or to, you know, Todd and I journey at the Witten Oval at that particular stage, we did, you know, we had a lot of ups and downs and, but we had a lot of great times and a lot of great memories with a lot of great people. So, during your career, as I said earlier in the interview, you know you, you look at where your you, where your pathway might take you from year to year, and, and certainly I did. But I'm certainly proud to say that I'm a one club player, and certainly, obviously, made a lot of good friends. And you know, for kids there today, that, that's what you've got to you've got to enjoy your time because it goes quick, and uh, re- really make the most of it because you're in it one minute, and then you're out of it the next. You just got to enjoy the journey while it's there. Yeah, bloody oath. Well said. Go on, you Todd. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, appreciate it, and good luck for the future with uh, with the South Fremantle. And let's hope uh, let's hope we get you in the AFL system. But if not, uh, enjoy what you're doing. No worries, thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scotty. Good to talk to you, mate. You too, mate. Take care. Well, thanks to Scott and Todd for their time, and of course for their uh, terrific contribution they made to the uh, to the Bulldogs over the years. And uh, only days after uh, we recorded that interview with uh, with Todd and with Scott, uh, happy to say that uh, Todd was the coach. Of the winning waffle flag team, uh, the Bulldogs of the West, South Fremantle, got up uh, under Todd's uh, coaching and uh, beat Claremont by three points in a pretty thrilling uh, waffle grand final. So well done to uh, Todd. I'm sure he'll enjoy uh, that during the off-season and over the summer before he heads into another uh, winter of, uh, win- winter's commitment uh, in the football world. But my thanks to both Todd and West uh, for their time. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Two Dogs Podcast. Thanks to the Past Players and Officials Association. Check out their Facebook page for all the latest news and of course if you want to have a listen back to any of the older episodes with the older Bulldogs you can do that by jumping on the club website and uh, just going to the past players and officials uh, little link there and you'll find all the podcasts we've done in the past hope you enjoy those as much as you've enjoyed this one thanks for listening